they go cover the game too. Um, I use I, I, I usually I usually leave because I'm there with with usually there with with my wife. So I usually leave before the press conference. Right. Now the thing is, couple of games, I, I will usually sit. Um, I'll sit depending on whether there are extra seats over by our family seats. Or over in the in the press area, and there had been spots for me there on the back row. So I'd I'd been there a couple of times, but uh, when SEC play started, there was not a spot. And I told Kathy, "That's fine." Yeah. I mean, because I've got season tickets, I can sit over there. Of course, I was not the we were the last ones in, so I was the one without a seat on no. uh, on Saturday. And it's like that's not happening again as long as I'm buying the tickets. Yeah. And I. Th- I think they told us today that there were going to be uh, there were a lot of scouts going to be here right. for Saturday. That's, so well, that's what it, well, that's what it was against Florida. Yep. The back row was uh, was was all yep. scouts. So uh, so yeah, I, I will be there. May not see you guys because I'll be on the other side. I'm going to get there early and get into my into my seat, nice. and I'll let the rest of the family try to figure what they're going to do with the uh, the few spots that are available. But uh, but yeah, a, a big basketball game coming up tomorrow night. There is recruiting, football recruiting, even though it's the it's a dead period for high school and junior college players. Nothing, it's anything but dead for the transfer portal as it is really jumping. Auburn picking up a commitment yesterday. We'll talk about uh, some of the folks visiting and expected to visit. Uh, anything you want to talk about sports-wise, that was Brian Matthews. You heard? No, okay. Everybody's going, hey, it's it's the new year. What is going on? What is your guy's schedule? Well, obviously, this week since Monday was the observation of New Year's, uh, it, it moved things around. Brian was a little under the weather as well. Yeah. You doing all right? I am doing much better now. Thank you. And then Thursdays, usually we have Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer on. But uh, Ferg was was in Athens on uh, on Wednesday night, and after that debacle, I'm glad that you made it back. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, I had had a had a long day yesterday after getting back from Athens. So glad to come. I didn't know it was going to be me and Mad at the same time, which is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, it absolutely is because I have been quite quite frankly, I have been swamped on campus trying to get ready uh, with with. Uh, Things other than sports, uh, ready for the first day of classes, which is next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so I, it's great to have uh, Justin and Brian here. Brian, of course, uh, from AuburnSports.com and, and Justin from the Auburn Observer. Uh, let me go ahead and get a little business taken care of. Hour number one of the drive. Brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline. And uh, we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. Drew at the controls once again. He's monitoring the drive text box sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And you can text us at 334-564-1840. So, okay, um, where to get started? Why not? Why not start with... Uh, with, with with basketball, mm-hmm. I mean that's not the most exciting thing, but I mean it is the season that's going on, and there is a big big ball game coming up tomorrow night. I I think maybe even bigger than some folks had thought because yeah. uh, Auburn has played two teams thus far that weren't expected to be at the top of the SEC. They came back from seven down at the half to beat Florida, and then just never could get over the hump against Georgia. 
Yeah, and this is this is an interesting part of the schedule because like the first half of SEC play for Auburn is not very tough overall. You don't play it's very backloaded when it mm-hmm. comes to the elite teams, with the exception of Arkansas coming into town uh tomorrow night. And it's interesting. Nick Smith Jr. still out for Arkansas. They're dealing with some injuries. They're not at hundred percent, but they played really, really good basketball uh without him. You know, one of the number two recruiting class in the country last year. They worked the transfer portal really well. Eric Musselman's done a really, really good job. So it's an interesting matchup. I mean, Auburn desperately needs a bounce-back performance of some kind. If they lose, it makes the next three weeks where you don't have the elite, elite teams yet. Like, you're going to have to get the absolute mm-hmm. most out of that. Uh, but, yeah, this is a, this is a big-time moment for Auburn because what they put out on Wednesday night against, against Georgia, just that's not going to win you very many games in the SEC, especially on the road. No, shooting uh, 21% from... from you know, Auburn's not going to be a great three-point shooting team. No. But it's got to be better than 21%. Yeah. yeah it, they're worse than the SEC right now. Uh, in three-point oh, I hadn't looked so, at the stats, yeah. but looked, that doesn't surprise me. I looked just a little me. while ago, yeah. And they have not had a great three-point shooting team since the Final Four season, right. but yet this is the worst of the ones that they've had to this point. And, and yeah, they were chasing the game in the in late and putting up a lot of those shots. But even still, uh, they were they have a really, really hard time. And it's just that offense. I mean, their their guards got thoroughly outplayed uh when when your four guards get outscored by both of the of georgia's guards individually i ought to tell you how that matchup went and it's and it's a shame because for auburn like you get 22 and 12 from jedi broom doesn't really make much of an impact in the game because your backcourt just got outplayed to to that extent and then you didn't have Jalen williams playing well and jay i mean it's it's at this point in the year Jalen williams has to play well for auburn to mm-hmm. auburn to win and bruce bruce even said that after the game yeah now you know there's been a lot of you know people just wondering what can you do i mean you there's there's only certain things we were joking before we came on it's not like you can make a deal you can't make a trade you know there's no free agents you can sign or anything like that to pick up you've got what you have but um i i, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see uh some shuffling of the lineup I wouldn't be surprised at that either. Um, I think that that could be, you know, maybe some more minutes for Trey Donaldson and trying to get something out more out of your twos. Like that's the kind of thing that you you have to kind of find out if you're Auburn at this point. And here's the thing: there's been a lot of people talking about it. It's like, well, why why are Auburn's guards like this? Why didn't they go out and get more guards this off season? Bruce Pearl said it throughout the summer. He was not going to recruit over the heads of the guys that just helped them win an SEC title. And, like, the expectation was Wendell Green Jr., Katie Johnson, Zepp Jasper will get better now that they have a year. They haven't. They've regressed. And that's where it's gotten really, really tough. And, like, it's funny. Like, Bruce said it after the game or during the summer. He said, like, you know, I'm not going to go out and replace these guys. I'll reinforce them. You'll go get Chance Westry, Trey Donaldson. They tried to get another shooter in the portal, and it didn't work. But it's like you're not going to sit here and say, "Hey, thanks for winning us an SEC title." Now I'm going to go get a bunch of guys that can that they're going to going to replace you. And Arkansas is the type. Yeah, I mean, will do there, that. There, there, there are quite a few schools that'll go, "Hey, thanks for doing that." Now let's see if you're good enough to stay on the on the court or on right. the field. And Auburn hasn't gone in that direction, and that is, I mean, I think that's why Auburn struggles in the backcourt coming into a game against Arkansas. It's like narrative wise, it's really interesting because Eric Musselman does do that, right? And like that, that is something that you know. Uh, it just hasn't gone according to plan. It was the right mindset to be like. Sure, hey, these guys I mean, oh, it's it's great being it's great to be loyal to the players that that helped you there, and well, everyone it, wants and experience it's in the past. Too, it right? has, but but I tell you what, the the more we have with the transfer portal and NIL, oh, yeah. it is uh, it's a man, you, you you know, it's what you're doing for me right now, not what you did for me 
in the past. Everybody wants experience, especially in their backcourts. It, 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 it come tournament time, but only if that 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 experience progresses linearly, and mm-hmm. it, it just hasn't for Auburn this year. And you were asking Bill, like, what do you do to get better? For Auburn, it's like you're about halfway through the year. Your roster is your roster. It's not like Auburn's going to magically start doing things they haven't done this year. What it's got to be, though, is the things that you they have done well, they just got to do more consistently. Yep. That second half against Washington, some of the de- like the defense and rebounding that got them wins over St. Louis and Northwestern and Florida. Like they got to do that a lot more often. You're not going to imagine be like, oh, there's going to be one one guy. You know, you're going to get a dude uh, in your backcourt who's going to give you 20 or 25 points in a game. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Probably instead, you got to you just got to do the stuff you're good at a lot more frequently. And then against Georgia, they didn't really do, it, and that's why they trailed for pretty much the whole game. I think. I mean, there are, there are a couple of things that I think I, um, with. You know, Auburn's strength is in the front court. Absolutely. And and it never has been. I mean, even though, I mean, you had Walker, you had two NBA players last year in the front court. But Auburn didn't have to just get it inside, get it down yeah. low, get it down low. They need to more now. And, and they're doing it more, but they need to, they need to do, it, do it even more than they have. They, and, and, and Bruce said it after the game on Wednesday night. They got to get to the free throw line more. They got to finish their contact. Mm-hmm. They got to be more efficient. And like Jalen Williams is a great inside out threat. Um, and there, I mean, how many times of this season has Jalen Williams been the best player on the floor for Auburn in a win? Most they, of the time. Right. They got to have that. Here's the problem the three losses they've had this year, Jalen Williams has scored a combined 18 points and has shot 30% from the field in well, those I didn't three losses. That. It's like his presence is mm-hmm. so, so key because usually he's a mismatch for a lot of players because at, at that four position, he is so versatile that he mm-hmm. can do a lot of stuff. Georgia didn't really have it in that game, and between that and the backcourt, that's how you take away like no like Janai Broom's impact on the game really was negated by that, and also like Alan Flanagan and Chris Moore solidly won their matchups in that game, but where everybody else gets gets lopsided like that, it just doesn't really matter. So you need Jalen Williams really to to be more efficient and more consistent with what you're getting with Janai Broom as well. Yeah, if you can get some of some of the other guys playing, you know, understanding their roles a little better. I, I like Chris Moore. I mean, I, I, he he. I think he understands his role. I mean, he's a guy that's going to get out there, and he's about he's about as consistent as anybody has. Janai is becoming that. Uh, so I mean, I think um, there with hopefully you know Allen continuing after the Georgia game uh, three four five. You're you're feeling a little bit better there. You just got to hope that that Chance Westry can can get healthy and somehow gain some confidence. Uh, that's that's the other thing I think uh, that that's that's the problem with uh, Yoan Treor is just you know those guys don't have confidence. But the question now, when you're in SEC play, you're it, it's very hard to expect you're going to have that opportunity to put them out there for extended periods of time to gain confidence. Yeah, 100%. And I think a healthy Chance Westry would have changed things for this backcourt because he was so good in Israel, and he was so good this offseason before he had to have surgery. He is that kind of guy. It's like, oh, Auburn's backcourt is shorter. It's not getting the, you know, not making enough plays on offense. It's not being able to create its own shots. Sometimes it gets breaks breaks down on defense. Well, a six foot six guard would make yeah. a lot of a lot of difference there. And yeah, so difference. that's a tough break. <laughs> But you know the the fact of the matter is the three guys they did bring back at the guard spot they they have they have regressed across yeah. the board. Uh, I would say this is a team that just has a lot of things that could have happened just haven't happened. Right, right. How many years have we seen the freshman come in and had a big impact? Well, Troy looks like he needs more time to develop. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Chance has been injured, set him back. And yeah, they, Trey was the least, <laughs> right. you know, least touted of the three. Not that he wasn't pretty highly touted, but I mean, he's been the uh, the bright light of the freshman thus far. He has been, but he's not a guy that's going to go out there and score twenty. No, you're right, and, and, and win a game for you most likely. I mean, no, not not at this point. Right, right. No. and and that's the that's the other thing that uh, you know who is who is that guy. Who is your go-to guy? The guy that's gonna like give me the ball no matter what. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna make the shot or get fouled and and make the free throws. I mean, who is that guy? They don't have him. Don't I, have I mean, him. I think that's I don't want to say it's a negative of Jalen, but I just don't think he necessarily has that put the team on my back mentality. I don't. I just and don't it's think hard that's for what he even, is, right? and even we saw it last year with Jabari. It's hard for it's hard for guys in the front court to be that guy right. mm-hmm. just because of the nature of the position. Which again, it'll be funny tomorrow night. Arkansas, they have Chris Moore even said today they they play a lot of freelance offense. Like that entire Arkansas team is built of players who are strictly going to do that, and so that's that's one of those things where it's like you're going to be looking a little longingly on the other sideline. I think if you're an Auburn fan, like man, what if you could have had a little bit more of this? But yeah, I mean, also you got to keep in mind that like this this team and this uh, this program. Has had some misses in recruiting and then in the transfer portal where it was just like, right. you know, what would have happened if almost flipped, yeah, flipped, what flipped, if, flipped, uh, like, what if, what if nio would have been a thing a little earlier when Scoot Henderson or Jalen Green were making their right. decisions? Oh, like you yeah. talk about, you know, what if, what if the thing, what if things didn't fall through with Trey Alexander and Desi Sills? What if things, you know, whatever happened with Justin Powell? Like you know, right. that kind of stuff. There's a whole like really good backcourt of the last few years that you just don't really have, and so you're trying to make the most of what you got. And that's and that's tough, and that's tough because you know that's the one thing about Bruce Pearl. He is such a players' coach, and and and, and runs a program that's very close knit. That he's not going to recruit over guys' heads, and like, but you didn't see the step forwards that you that you thought you were going to get this year. But there's still time. There's still time. One thing I wonder if, and I haven't brought this up with the coaching staff, but what would happen if you flipped Zepp and 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 uh, Wendell back to what they're doing last year? Have uh, Zepp back at point guard and Wendell, Wendell coming off the bench, either coming off the bench or playing the two more. Uh, would that maybe get those guys shooting better? Because both it's, their shooting percentages are I think way it's down worth, from last year. Uh, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. And then also, it's just like, can you do that and also have Trey Donaldson still play for you? Right. Right, because you don't want to have to – you don't want to take away too many too many minutes from those guys. But, yeah, I mean, the last season, that was the thing about Auburn last year is that when started the game – or didn't start games, but he finished them. Mm-hmm. He ended up playing more minutes than Zepp did. And, man, he was so good. I mean, he, he was the top 20-point guard in college basketball last yep. year. This year – just not at that level, and it's like you do wonder if there was just so much change that has kind of impacted them. Um, but you know, they still have they still have sixteen more games left in SEC yep. play to try to figure a lot of that out. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'll get a call before we get to our first break. And Hootie is up first. Hey Hootie. Hey, I want to tell you something. When All you right. on the radio on Thursday with Ben, uh huh, you sound a whole like Sonny Smith. I sound like so. I don't know. I'm in the car where the dog with the dog cage rattling usually on uh, on Thursday. That's funny. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, like, on, the, on the telephone, that you sound a lot like Sonny Smith. I've ne- never heard that one, Sonny uh, Hoodie. Somebody needs to record you when you on the <laughs> play it back for you. Uh, we probably got recordings of that. Uh, uh, who knows? I'm, I'm probably half awake. Usually, usually it makes your voice a little deeper. But uh, yeah, I'll have to check it's that. Deeper sometime. like Sunny's is. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Question: How many five star recruits did Auburn pick this year in football? Yeah. None. Zero. Yeah. 
None. Right. Well, y'all been bragging a lot about y'all's recruiting this year, and I just wonder why. Well, it's because it was it was so bad before the coaching change. Auburn was out of the top fifty. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. and then uh, they they've got they've got a decent amount of four stars, a good good good, good number of four stars. But may, to come from another on Saturday too, right? To come from out of the top fifty into the top twenty, um, that's that's why I, I I don't I don't think anybody is feeling like oh boy you recruit like this every year and you're really going to be competing for titles. No, that's not the case at all. But it's just the ground that they were able to make up. Uh, in that short period of time is what is what people are happy with. I, I was just wondering because Alabama got six five stars. Alabama got more than yeah, that more than they've. Uh, this may be on paper the best recruiting class ever. Yeah, he got two running backs, number one, number two in the nation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's all I had. This all right, Hootie. Appreciate Y'all the call. Yep, you too. Bye bye. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. It's the Friday All Star Show. Um, Bill with with Brian Matthews, Justin Ferguson, Drew at the controls. Come on in and join us. You're live on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN one zero six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, uh, back here for the uh, for the first time here in the new year. Have you guys gotten used to You know, it's not like the old days. Now, of course, Justin wasn't around in the old days. But, uh, but where you had to change the number that you were writing. I had to do it once because I, I generally write one check a month. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a... Uh, a, a little extra check to try to pay the house off a little early. I have not written a check in forever. I know. Well, that's the only time I do. And you know what? I wrote 22 on it. <laughs> because, like I said, you know, you don't do that. But, yeah. I mean, that used to be a thing that would catch you at the first of the year. But it's like, checks? What are those? I mean, I have to get the <laughs> bank to print me one when they say, oh, it, we need we need a check. And it's like, well, then you need to print me one because I don't have those things anymore. I put the date on my stories when I save them in my computer. So that's, uh-huh. so I've, I have to catch myself on that sometimes, too. Yeah. It's, it's Man, it's hard to believe. Here we are, yep. 2023. Uh, and and I, 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 so we talked a little basketball. We can get back into it in a little while and uh, and, and take a look at, uh, at, at Auburn and Arkansas. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and just stick with it, since we've only got a few minutes for our bottom of the hour. Uh, Arkansas coming in, we started talking about them a little bit, Justin. Um, yeah, an extremely talented team, even even without two of their top players. I mean, yeah. uh, it's it's probably the two guys that people thought were their top two players in Brazil and, and Smith. Yeah, and they have they've played really well without them to this point because they're just a really, really talented team. It's interesting, Arkansas's first two games, they lose to LSU on the road. They were down by 16 or 17 against Yeah, they were, they were getting, it looked like they were just going to be blown out by Missouri at home. And then they you know, came back and won that one. So, I mean, it's not like they're unbeatable. And obviously, teams that are kind of around Auburn's range right now have given them trouble mm-hmm. without them being at 100%. It's just, you got to play elite defense against these guys. You got to get some special kind of across the board play from your offense, and lean into the fact that you're playing at home, and and, and try to try to you know do some of the stuff that LSU did 
to, to knock them off about a week and a half ago. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It is going to be a really, really tough game. And like I said, this is the really the only super elite team they play in the first half of SEC play. So it's not the end of the world if they drop it, but it makes the next three weeks super, super pressure-packed, I think, if you're Auburn. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone. Anything on your mind, sports-wise? And Randy is up next. Hey, Randy. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing fine. Good. I've just got some thoughts, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with NIL, which we all know is not being done the way it was supposed to be done. You know, you should be coming in here, and uh, Betty Crocker wants you to put your name on their product, and we'll pay you for it, and it's not being done. Uh, the game the other night, we looked in slow motion. I mean, really, I, I just said, you know, is this – money coming into these players affecting their play I mean, it's not affecting other other teams other players i just think this is just i a, don't know that it's not i don't know that it's not i mean okay well i mean well maybe it's affecting auburn more maybe it has nothing to do with the money it's well why just, it's it's hard to imagine that it would be unless you're not getting money maybe <laughs> if you were upset that you weren't getting any yeah, yeah. But I mean, it would yeah. seem like, like, like Justin was saying a while ago, the expectation from a lot, from a lot of folks, including me, was that you know, um, KD, uh, Wendell, Zepp, guys that uh, had been pretty good shooters in the past, and their numbers dropped a little last year, would improve this year. But they've all gotten worse. They have all three exactly. of them. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, and I, you know, I don't know, and we don't know what money they're getting. And you're right. Is there jealousy? Is there whatever? We don't know. It, and I'm not. I'm not pointing the blame on Auburn 100. percent But is this having an effect in college sports? Hey, he's getting all this money. I'm not getting anything. Well, I, I think I think it's it's probably adding to the number of players in the transfer portal. Oh, uh, there's no doubt. I, I mean, no I, th- doubt. I think there are a lot of players. Uh, at, at places going, hey, they, those guys got to be making more money at this school or that school, and and want to go check it out. But I don't know. It's hard for me to think that that has a that has anything to do with Auburn struggles. I will say, and I, I Justin Brian, I'd love your thoughts on this. I mean, yeah, I said it at the start of the season. Last year was an anomaly. the The fact that the chemistry Auburn had from the outset with a bunch of guys who'd never played together was amazing to me. And this year, it's just not quite there. Yeah, on the court, well, I think this team is having having a hard time kind of clicking, and it's 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 frust- You know, they're frustrated. You know, and then when you when you're not hitting shots, that's the big thing. If you're missing as many open shots as all as Auburn yeah. does. You get frustrated. You drive. You know. You know. You get out of control. You start forcing stuff a little too often. Uh, this team, I think, is continuing to work hard, and like you know, they seem to be getting along with each other. It's just, man, it is it is a grind. And part yeah, of the reason I mean, we never, so we never expected there's not an automatic bucket like, like Jabari, like Jabari Smith out right. there. And there's not a guy you can lob. if you're Wendell Green Jr. You can't lob it to to up to Walker Kessler every True. possession. Nope. Now they haven't really done that this year because they have different guys. You're right. That's that was a big part of the offense last year. They ran it. Uh, they beat Kentucky. Yeah. They ran it like ten straight times yep. down the floor and beat yep. Kentucky with it. And that's like, disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's Man. tough. Yeah. It's, nothing against Janai. I mean, he's no. he's really getting better and yeah. better. He's he's been their best player. And he would be incredible if there. Auburn was a great shooting right, team. What are, what are our odds this weekend against Arkansas? I mean, Auburn is a slight underdog, I believe. Last time I looked, I was yeah, at home an mm-hmm. underdog, and we won what twenty six straight. Yes, at home. Yes, 
Yeah, we're the yeah third longest uh, home court winning streak, I believe. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Now the kids will be back. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> it's it's gonna be rocking. Yeah. It's Saturday night. Most of the yeah, I, I, it's going to be a huge student section. Even though everybody's not back in town, um, that's not going to be a problem. the the home the the home court advantage will not be the problem. That won't be the reason if Auburn doesn't win. That will be the first time, really. This this crew, this these five or ten or whatever, have been able to play in front of a really big crowd, right? At home, uh, uh, well, I, I think it's pretty good size for Florida. Preseason, yeah. I mean, Florida, Florida's good crowd. Other than yeah. the preseason, yes. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a great season well, as far as support. Be a, it could be good. All right, guys, go to commercial. Appreciate Thanks. it, Randy. Yep, we do need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Yellowhammer, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Friday Drive. ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com to be a part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. It is, wasn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not bad when I hear somebody for a little while. Uh, let's uh, Bill, Brian, Justin. I think that was alphabetical that time. I'm doing them in different orders. I'll do it seniority. I'll do it from youth. I'll do it, I mean, you know, all different kinds of things. Uh, here in the uh, studio on this Friday, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotlining. And uh, Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, so every sports team has parts, baseball, pitching, infield, so on. And in football, we know all about missing parts along the line of scrimmage. And here we are in basketball, and it looks like the guard play is kind of a missing part. And so I have, like, two questions in my mind. Is There's incremental improvement, which I'm sure they'll do that, but then there's the more dramatic improvement, like the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And if we can't become a butterfly, we're going to have kind of a so-so season and maybe not go to the tournament. That's possible. I, I really think Auburn fans need to reset their expectations for this team and say to themselves, especially the ones that are going to be in Neville Arena uh, this weekend, that uh, this is a team that has to fight to get into the postseason, to get into the NCAA tournament, and they need all the support they can get. Because uh, you know, I don't see this as a team that's going to compete in the top third necessarily of the SEC this season. Uh, so it's you know if you're a middle-of-the-pack team, there's one or two wins can make a big difference in the postseason. Is the, so, yeah. is the uh, guard shooting problem, is it? Maybe a, just a mental thing that could be overcome in the next couple of weeks, or are they kind of what they are? I think that's part of it. I think not having a guy like Jabari who takes a, so much focus and, and, and Walker of, of, of other defenses and opens things up for other players, I don't have anybody that does that right now. And I, I think Wendell and 
Zepp and KD that puts more pressure on themselves, and you know they don't necessarily perform as well in that situation. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, that's not the case, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that uh, uh, maybe we have to recruit to improve. Then is that probably the case? Then? I think that's that's a fair statement. Yes, uh-huh. they, they they've got to. I mean, I think and they can. The biggest error to me, this team can improve, and, and Justin may have some thoughts on this too, but mm-hmm. I think defensively they can still get much better and oh, yeah. transition offense. I think they should be better than they they, they need to be better mm-hmm. there. That, that, there's an area where they're not really good at right now, and they need to find a way to start performing and scoring more in transition. The, the, this is a good defensive team on the whole, but they struggle with really good scoring guards, and I think part of it is they gamble too much, and they and they get super extended, and you get guys driving to the basket and, lay, you know, Offensive rebound, lay, laying it off opportunities. They can definitely get better on the defensive end. And so, yeah, and for a team with this much depth and this much speed and how much they want to play to their defense, right. they need to be running in transition a lot more. And that just hasn't clicked. And I think part of it is just they're trying to work really, really hard to get good shots because they're not shooting so well. And it's kind of gotten in their heads. They need to turn it loose. And, uh, I mean, Georgia did that last last week. Or, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night against them. You know, getting in transition that may, that means so much when you're not necessarily the better team on the mm-hmm, floor yep. uh, night in and night out. And you can say this is not a typical pro team where they're not shooting well, right? This is you know it's been a couple of years now, but normally he's going to have guards that really shoot well. Yeah, but the thing that is well, Auburn's going to score. I mean, that's right. the thing. This this is a team that struggles to score. But the thing that I think is typical about a pro team is he's got some really good athletes on this team, mm-hmm. but we're not necessarily seeing that because they're not getting out in transition and scoring. Mm-hmm. KD can fly up and down that court and can dunk over people if, if he has the opportunity. So can Jalen. So can a lot wow. of these guys. Dylan, uh, they're just not getting out there and doing that right now. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer, 334-321-1390. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise? Yep, basketball. Hey, th- th- this is really big, though. You-, you said it a while ago, Justin. I mean, the fact that the uh, schedule is backloaded Here's your opportunity against one of the halves. There's no question here in the conference. You lose this one, then you've got to make that. You you got to make this up on the road yep. a couple at, at at least a couple of times. Yeah, you get Ole Miss and Mississippi State next week. Those are two winnable games. You play Georgia again in a, in a little while. You got LSU and South Carolina. You've got winnable games coming up. So if you if you fall to one and two in the SEC play, don't panic. You just know that you have to be at your absolute best during the next few years because that schedule gets really, really tough down the stretch. And of course, if you can do what LSU did, you can do what Missouri almost did and beat Arkansas. Um, I mean, that would be such a huge resume builder uh, because that is one of those games that will stick around for a while because I would expect, especially as Arkansas gets healthier as the season goes on, they're going to be one of the top teams in, in, in the league. So, yeah, this is, a, this is a game where it's like it's not the end of the world if you lose it because it's such a tough matchup. But, man, a win there, I mean, we could be talking about it in March and saying, like, man, they're, 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 they're glad they picked up that one. So it's a big one. It's a big one for sure. And like I said earlier, they have won so many games at home straight. They've beaten teams that they weren't supposed to right. beat at home, and they're going to have to do that again tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. 334-321-1390. We can continue talking basketball or anything you would like. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking since the last time we were on the air together, uh, you know, there's there's an awful lot that has gone on. I mean, yeah, yeah. the bowl season, the the semifinals, uh, so many coaching moves, player movement. Um, just first, I mean, first, I mean, Brian, uh, I'd, I'd love your thoughts just on 
on the bowl season and the semifinals. There were a lot of a lot of folks have said been saying for a few years, well, the bowls aren't interesting at all. And why are we at a four team playoff? There are only two teams that should be in. Those were two fantastic games, and we had some other great bowl games. Um, you know, a couple involving SEC schools as well. Yeah, I can speak on the semifinals. I've missed a lot of the bowl games, uh, but I thought they were fantastic. I mean, the way TCU. Uh, and Michigan went back and forth. That was a terrific game. And uh, it's great to see a, a team outside of the big five or six mm-hmm. that are always there finally make it in there in TCU. And um, I, I thought the Georgia game was also terrific, a great battle. Wait, that was, it was, wait, it was Georgia Ohio yeah, State. Georgia, yeah, Georgia Ohio State, because yeah. Ohio State, I mean, led, looked like they had it comfortable. Georgia took the lead, and Ohio State still had a chance. Yeah. I just, I just knew as soon as you saw the time remaining after Ohio State scored that you know Georgia was going to have the. Oh, I did too. But then Ohio State gets the ball down to the to right at the thirty yard line with a, almost a minute to go, yep. and just wasted that last minute to yep. kick a long field goal. They needed one more first down. They, they needed, they, they needed, really, yeah, they needed another I, eight yards. I don't necessarily yards at least. mind them running the ball because that can sometimes no catch the team, but whatever, it just didn't work for them. Yeah, and the thing for me is, you know, those those three those two semifinal games shows you, I mean, like, it's awesome to have elite defense and defense can get you a long way, but it's offense that's gonna give you a championship caliber team. Oh yeah. Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia all top fifteen defenses. TCU didn't have one, but they were the you know, and they won their game. But it's like you gotta have the firepower. You know, TCU is gonna get in is in the national title game because they've got a coaching staff an offensive-minded coaching staff that has made the most out of that of that talent. And that's mostly guys that were there last year for TCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unlocking them, and it's like, yeah, it'll be great. You, you need the defense to get you in that point. But, like, so many times in these in these championship games and these playoffs, it's just the teams that can put a, put a, you know, light up the scoreboard. Yeah. You go back to that 2019 LSU team. You know, but even teams with awesome defenses like Alabama and Georgia have when they've won titles, it's the offense that gets you over the top. Well, you've so got to make a, a stop. You've got to make a stop sometime, but you better score. Yeah. It, it, and it, score. And, and these aggressive, like TCU, they didn't have, you know, TCU didn't have a, a great defense in terms of, like, stats heading into that game. They had two pick sixes in that mm-hmm. game and made some really big stops. Right. So it's like, if you're not going to be awesome on defense, you better be aggressive and you better get get turnovers and make things happen with them. And so, it's like Brian said, like it's really, really cool to see TCU get in that spot because I think they're the only – them in 2014 Oregon are the only teams – uh, in the in the playoff era to win a semifinal game when they are not among like the top ten or twelve recruiters in college football, yeah. so it's really cool to see that. And you know, hopefully, when they when the playoff expands, we get to see kind of more of these runs and more of these teams like that. Yeah, Sonny Dykes made himself a lot of money. Uh, yeah, he did. a lot of money. Garrett Riley too, and, man. Knows, I want to yeah. see. I want to see. I want to see what happens with Garrett Riley. You know, their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Like he has done so so well, and like everybody would want him, but like they can't get him because he's yet. coaching in the national team. Not game, yet. Right? Yep. So Wait till uh, very, Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see who, who who goes where. And the other thing Justin was talking about, having that aggressive defense that creates turnovers, I think that's exactly what you Freeze is trying to do. I agree. I, really think, I think offensively and defensively, this is going to be an aggressive right. style. Might take him a while to get there. Right. right. But they're gonna they're gonna try to get after it. Yeah. They got the DBs to do it though. Yes, they and definitely I, have they, that. They, that is one of the deepest defensive it really is. I've ever and, seen. And and they may they, they may not be done. Yeah. I don't think they are done. All right, we, we'll we'll get to that and much more. We'll go ahead and get to our final break, Terry. You'll get us started when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. <laughs> 
Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Justin, Brian, Drew, and I think that's it. That's it for everybody here in the studio. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Terry is up next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill and Brian, Justin. How y'all doing? Good afternoon, to y'all. Good afternoon. Doing well. How are you, Terry? Doing well. No, doing great. Um, guys, I'm a, I'm a believer that uh, Smith and Kessler covered up some weaknesses last year on this basketball team. Do you guys agree with that or disagree? Oh, I, I think I think it covered up some weaknesses, and I also think it made the guys who came back better. I mean, like. Wendell Green Jr., you know, he had more space to operate with Kessler and with Smith. His assist numbers are going to be up because those guys were just better scorers. And, yeah, I think everybody just – the defense is better when Kessler's at the basket. Smith changes everything for you with the way you switch. Well, he, he pulled some bigs out they'd have to to uh, defend him. And uh, we were talking during the break, Wendell, a year ago – could make a lot more layups in the lane because they had to be concerned about the lob to Walker. This year, they're just uh, you know, it's not uh, that's not that's knocking not, those back. Yeah, it's not the that's not the game of Jani Broom, who right. has been playing pretty well. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like the guards on this team and the wings, like they were perfect matches for what Auburn had in the front court last year. This year, without those same guys, they're not quite the same. Now, what do you guys think the possibility of us seeing a Trey Donaldson, Wendell Green backcourt is? You know, it, it's something that they've they've toyed around with a mm-hmm. little bit, and and I think I liked it against Florida. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where or was it the game before? But you, you've got to get ago. you've got to get some production out of your twos, and mm-hmm. you're just not getting a whole lot with, from from Katie Johnson and Zepp Jasper at this point. Now, you want Zepp Jasper and you want Katie Johnson out there at times because of their defense. But you got to start getting some more out of their offense, and I, you know I do think Donaldson's going to be in line to get some more playing time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just going to be a matter of like where they think the best fit is for them, because yeah, it, it is just really really tough. Uh, and and you know you're at a point in the year where if you turn if you turn Donaldson loose, it's like okay, he he doesn't have that experience yet. He's going to have to kind of learn on the fly, and it, it would be a really be really remarkable if he was able to kind of be that difference maker. But maybe it's something they can do. I keep hearing people say that Trey Donaldson can't score twenty a game, but he could get to the guy to score twenty a game. He can. I mean, he is very efficient at working the ball around. I think he can get to the basket. I think he's a decent shooter. It's just, yeah. I mean, I think you you got to work in tandem, and it's like this is a team where you know you might not have somebody score twenty, but if you can have three or four guys have good games, you feel a lot better. The problem is against George, and the problem has been in the losses they've had. Is they've just had games where like too many guys just weren't effective at all, uh, like Jalen Williams the other night. They've they've got to be more balanced, and maybe part of that balance comes from giving more responsibility and more uh, more you know kind of putting more pressure on Trey Donaldson to to perform. Bill, I think Trey Donaldson has a, lot, a big chance to be a lot like Doc Robinson. Uh, you know, boy, that's that's well, some that's, big well, shoes yeah. to fill. It is, um, it is, but that's the kind of guy player I think he is he, stylistically. Yeah. He's well. He's he's a little more physical than Doc was. Um, I agree. I agree. But I mean, yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that should be able to penetrate, and I think he's got a good feel for distributing the ball. 
Well, I was trying to state the statement I was making. He's not going to score you twenty, but he may score you twelve and distribute the ball really well. And that's what Doc Robinson did. Yeah, Doc could Doc could uh, could score twenty though uh, yeah. from time to time. He they, could at times. Yeah, he could. and it's and and the thing is, is Trey Dallas is a freshman, and like he, you right, expect him to right. be around for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I do think he's gotten off to a good start. I, I would caution about him kind of being a guy who can take over at this point, but. You may you may get more out of them just because you just need more out of your ones and twos at this point. And and, and okay, let me ask you guys a quick football question, if I could. Sure. Uh, what, what is uh, what do you think Auburn's chances are with the quarterback out of Oklahoma State? You know, my my question, Terry, and I, and this is what I'm I'd, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. My feeling has been he has not been the guy that Auburn's just been crazy about. I think fans have been Auburn's got to sign Spencer Sanders, and it it it, it seems to make sense, but. Just from the way Auburn is pursuing different players, it doesn't seem like he's the guy that's necessarily at the top of the list. Brian, what do you what do you think? Well, I have been away from this for a little bit. However, um, you know there was a guy they were hoping to get in the portal. Sure, and Grayson McCall. Well, no, there's a, an, oh. a player. They're oh, they're hoping, hoping to get into the portal. Well, it was going to. It doesn't look like he is. Michael now. Pratt. Michael Pratt yeah. from. Tulane. Tulane, yes. Yeah. And, um, and, he, and he had quite a game the other day. He did. He really it was one did. of those interesting games. Under 50%, but averaged about 30 yards of completion. Just, just hitting, hitting bombs. So with that not happening, I think the importance of Auburn having a quarterback. They need somebody who has starting experience. Five days to get into school and get into um, winter workouts and then most importantly spring practice is a very high priority. So I think they're going to move on one of these uh, couple of guys they have here uh, here pretty soon. And I'd float this yeah. out here. I'd float this out here, too. It's something that I was talking to some people at Georgia about this week. You might end up being in a situation, say you don't get a, a guy here, and you go into spring with Robbie Ashford, and you're trying to develop him. After spring ball, you start looking at where other there, there's going to be another bout of oh, movement. Oh, there will be another flood. Yeah, there will be. The one I would, uh, the one I would uh, keep an eye on, Keep an eye on what happens at Georgia this offseason. Mm-hmm. Carson Beck's probably the favorite. There are two guys behind him at Georgia right now that are competing that Auburn went really deep in the process with under different staffs, of course. Mm. I would keep in mind, like, if you go if you go into spring and you come out and you don't have that lockdown guy, you may want to pull the trigger on and see what you get get in the fall. If you don't get a Sanders, right, if you don't right. get somebody like that. Brennan Armstrong is another guy that's more been competition, talked about. You want more competition for uh, – for, for for Robbie Ashford, so I would keep that in mind. I, I think they Sanders, definitely want more competition for Robbie. The yeah. thing that's interesting about Sanders and Bill, you bring up a good point. It's like Sanders has been in the portal for a that's long right. time, and they've had other guys that they've gone after mm-hmm. to this point. So you know, I think Spencer Sanders he's got a ton of experience, a lot of interceptions to his name. Didn't have a great year this past year, but fit wise, scheme wise, I think makes a lot of sense for what Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze have done in the past. So it would be very interesting if they decide to pull the trigger on him because they really wanted Grayson McCall, and Grayson McCall wasn't able to end up going anywhere. They wanted Devin Leary. I think Devin Leary ends up at Kentucky where more of an NFL, an actual NFL offensive coordinator is going to be in charge there. So it it is fascinating. I mean, I think – I think there's a belief that maybe they th- they can get something out of uh, out of Robbie Ashford and kind of develop him, but you need more because you're not expecting T.J. Finley to be you know playing football for you next season. So you got to you got to get more, um, and that's where Sanders kind of kind of the only one. Brennan Armstrong, uh, NC State's kind of the sure the looks that frame, way, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Justin, did T.J. Finley ever play football? I think he'll end up going somewhere else. Um, I, I do think you know since he already transferred. 
Um, he needs to graduate before he can be eligible again immediately. I think that's probably what's going on here uh, with him. I, I think there's a chance that that could uh, take place at the end of this uh, spring semester. And, and then you, then you know, I, I think I think TJ, I think TJ is a guy, especially with his his size and his and his arm. I think he could play somewhere for for sure. I just don't know. I just I just don't know if it's going to be a starter at the SEC level moving forward. But you know, I, I'm sure he'll have opportunities because. Not very, you know, there's going to be schools that need quarterbacks. They'll look up and say, ah, oh, six, seven, rocket arm. He started some SEC games. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, but it just doesn't look like it'll be Auburn. Hey, you have a great weekend. Appreciate the call, Terry. We do need to get to our top of the hour break. Halfway done. Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk a little more football. Talk about some of the guys that uh, uh, we'll get. We'll get thoughts on Auburn's commitment in the last 24 hours, and some guys they could be picking up here in the near future, as Brian said. You know, just a few days till classes start at Auburn, and uh, players and schools want to be making those decisions. So stick with us. Hour number two coming up here on the Friday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. NFL owners today approve a plan that could lead to a neutral site AFC championship game involving the Bills, Chiefs, or Bengals. Also, if the Ravens win Sunday and face the Bengals in a wild card game, the site for that game would be determined by a coin flip. More good news on the recovery of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. His breathing tube taken out. He's now able to talk with his family and the medical team. Hamlin also FaceTimed with players and coaches during a team meeting today. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts trending in the right direction could start Sunday against the Giants. ESPN Sal Palantonio. You got to get the mojo back in this football team. And the mojo is two words. Jalen Hurts. Everything that we're hearing out of South Philly on the QT is that he's going to start in this football game against the New York football Giants. Sal Pal on KJ and Max. ESPN's Jake Trotter reports Brown's defensive end Jadavian Clowney was sent home by the team and likely won't play in Sunday's finale against the Steelers. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of The Friday Drive. A, a special Friday show. Dan, I didn't even, I don't think we even mentioned Dan in the first hour. Dan <laughs> should be on his way back from uh, Jonesboro, where he was uh, there with the uh, Troy women's basketball team. 
Um, I think they've got another game Sunday, but he'll be back in on Monday. But uh, um, never fear. I mean, the uh, uh, reinforcements big time are here today. What a fun show as uh, we've got Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Be Matt. What's up? And <laughs> and Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Ferg? Yeah, it's a fun first hour. I know... I don't know what the plan is for the second hour, but BMAT said something during the break in the first hour, a topic that we need to get to at some point. So I'm looking forward to that. Is, is that the uh, one position coach somewhere that was hired? A, a certain the coordinator in the yeah. SEC was. Oh, we got to. I mean, there, there was – this obviously uh, – yeah, we're, we'll, get, we'll get to the Texas A&M, what a – the powder keg, uh, the fuses. You know the fuses are short with these guys. Oh. We'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. We'll talk some of the um, some of the things going on football wise. I mean, there are a lot of recruits. This is a big recruiting weekend. Football, basketball uh, with uh, with with Auburn, Arkansas this weekend. The transfer portal players having an opportunity to get out for just a few days. It ends on Sunday, and then uh, classes start Wednesday. So uh, I think there's going to be there's going to be huge news all across the country from players making up their minds as to where they're going to be enrolling in school for the spring term. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. First of all, let me let you uh, know that hour number two of The Drive is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we welcome your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390, or you can text us on the drive text box, 334-564-1840, and that's brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So, yeah, why not? I mean, can there be a more uh, just crazy-seeming, you can't take your eyes off of this because you know there's going to be something that's going to happen. Then Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher hiring Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator and play caller. If you had to give real betting odds that a fist fight was going to break out on the sidelines, what would they be? Seriously? Seriously? I'd, I'd bet that it would happen. I mean, I don't know that I'd... Um, I'd say it'd be hard. It'd be hard to be way under fifty, way under fifty-fifty. <laughs> I mean, just this just seems like it's going. to I mean, fall Jimbo off. get Jimbo gets very mad. Yeah. Petrino, that's what I said. The fuses are short yeah. here. The first time in a in a game that matters, which is pretty much every now, game. Maybe Petrino will be in the box, so we won't have maybe. an actual fist fight during the game. But when when Jimbo disappears from the sidelines, <laughs> then maybe you'll know. Would like to keep in mind also on that staff, DJ Durkin, Stephen Osio. Oh my goodness! This it's 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 one it's the most combustible staff I think I've ever seen wow. a college football team have, um, and it's like it's so weird because Bill, we've talked about that about this possibility like a month ago. Well, and then it looked like and oh that UNLV. was just a dream, and he goes, yeah, I'm, what happened? Why you know why did was Jimbo Jimbo obviously Jimbo must have been, out on a bunch of yeah guys? he must have been thinking he was going to go another direction, and then okay it's. Uh, Bobby, how about it? I mean, because, yes, he left to go to UNLV to be uh, Barry Odom's offensive coordinator. And left after, was it 10 days it's or not, something yeah, like that? Was, yeah, left a couple of weeks. To, to what yeah. he did at um, 
Or was it that he, he left after just a... I mean, he left the Falcons. He left yeah, the yeah, Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And yeah. left a note on everybody's, yeah. uh, in everybody's yeah. locker. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's wild because... But look, do I think that Bobby Petrino can make Jimbo Fisher's offense better? Yeah, because I think Bobby Petrino might be two years ahead of Jimbo Fisher in terms of <laughs> offense. Yeah. It's still like 2009 versus 2007, right. though. Yep. The thing I couldn't get over was the amount of people in the media that were tweeting about this hire earlier this week that was like, well, we know that Jimbo – I mean, we know that uh, Bobby Petrino is one of the best offensive minds in football. I was is like, he? all right, did y'all watch Louisville after Lamar left? Okay, and then on top of that, he's been at Missouri State. I know you're not going to be a lead at Missouri State. Obviously. I don't know that they were top 50 in offense. They were 64th in yeah, okay. offense Woo. this year in FCS. Right. So it's like, all right, we we don't have to act like we don't have to act like this is a bigger deal than it is. He'll be fine, but like, I'm still not saying like you know the revolution like. Texas A&M, if they were going to get like, oh, if they would have gotten a big name, if they would have gotten like a, if they would have gotten like Garrett, Garrett Riley, Riley yeah. 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 Like, then you'd <laughs> right. be like, then oh, wow, like, A&M's yeah. really, do, really doing or it. Or Cliff Kingsbury. Remember there was some talk of that? Yeah, but it, uh, no, what are you doing now if you're A&M? You're, you're going to kind of do kind of some of the same stuff. I also think it's hilarious, though, that like Jimbo is willing to do this and like yeah. give this up. Because I wonder, yeah, I wonder how willing he is to. Because do this. here's the thing: he's it's fully guaranteed. Yeah. If I'm getting my money, no matter what, I'm gonna do it my way. You want me to give up play call? Well, just fire me then. I, you still got to pay me the whole thing anyway. He could go undefeated next year. He could go winless, and it's still not going to yeah. change his, his paycheck. And so it's like it's so fascinating that it's like of all the people he's going to turn this thing over to, it's the guy that's got the reputation for being a problem as a coach. To me, this has the potential of being the biggest S show in the SEC next year. They've already lost. Oh, yeah. I think the I think the nation with twenty two guys in the portal believe are so. close to it. They were at least. I mean, there's some other schools that yeah. have been coming on, but but yeah, this is going to be a mess in my opinion. It just really is. It, th- these things don't ever work out. You know, in my couple of decades covering SEC football, this does not work. And um, these are two really, really. Um, Competitive, mm-hmm. opinion, fiery, yes. yes, oh yes. Just, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's going to be wonderful to watch. It is. I think. Also, speaking of uh, SEC West offense coordinators, you see what Mississippi State's potentially doing. Y'all see this? Mm. This came out the last hour or so. No, no, I have not. Uh, former Auburn offensive coordinator. Oh, Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo. Oh, oh because I had seen that that was probably That's the number work. two guy for Zach Arnett. Yeah, it, apparently, I think his football scoop has had it like that. He's he's likely going to be the next offensive. Yeah, it was like Kendall Bryles or Mike Bobo, and it's like and then Bryles. Is oh, oh, those are those are those are birds of the same yeah. feather, right? Yeah, Auburn's <laughs> offense got worse without Mike Bobo. You can say that as a fact. Sure, that is right? true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Kendall Bryles staying at Arkansas is interesting because I would have thought they were going to go in a different direction just because mm-hmm. it seemed like it wasn't fully clicking. Uh, nope. for him in Arkansas, but he's staying there and and Bobo, it's it's gonna be interesting because, you know, you go from Mike Leach's offense, raid, which right. is the most pure uncut form of the air raid that you can get, the four plays out of different formations kind of air raid, to you know, Zach Arnett's a defensive guy and and, and what is he gonna arm his offense with? It seems to be now it's going to be Mike Bobo, who we know his track record as a as a as an offensive coach is not it's not air raid. It's not no. You know, it's, it's, it's play action. It's I mean, more it's more pro yeah. style than yep. anything. So, state making that big transition is going to be really interesting to see because they made a huge transition to right. become a leech team. Uh, that is right, and it and it worked. 
I liked having if your team like state, I think you should do something different. Yeah, so I agree. I, I think this when you when, when you're not when you're not able to recruit at the top of the league, right. you're not gonna I mean, they can recruit okay, they can recruit maybe top twenty five. Um but maybe. that but that but that's gonna yeah. put you in the bottom half of the SEC as far as recruiting. You need to do something different. Yep. State and Vanderbilt, you either be running the air raid or the option. Yep. I agree. For for some reason, I've never understood why Vanderbilt's never done it. No, why did why didn't Vandy do? You know, just look at the Either service one. academies and go. Yeah, yeah. like Georgia Tech. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Georgia Tech was under Bobby. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, under uh, shoot Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Paul, Paul Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. yeah, when you said Bobby, it's like I like. No, that was, that was yeah, Vanderbilt. Paul yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, under Paul Johnson, like that was the um, yeah that was a really good comparison. I yeah. thought. And, for some reason, Vanderbilt's continued to be like, what if we just got a bunch of defensive guys and play pro-style offense? And, like, to their credit, they were better last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Florida. And it, yeah, they won thing. five games, same as Auburn last yeah. year. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see. But, like, I, yeah, if you're state, like, no disrespect, I like Starkville. I like Starkville. It's hard to recruit a bunch of kids to come play at Star- to, mm-hmm. in Starkville. And, like, so you got to do something different. And this doesn't scream like they're going to be different. Which will make make things very interesting moving forward. No, no, you're absolutely right, uh, Brian and uh, Justin here in the in the studio. All right, I mentioned earlier. I mean, it's been a while since had you guys on the air since you know since the last time each of you were on. Hugh Freeze has finished his staff. Since we're talking about staffs, um, lo- love love your thoughts on the staff that Hugh Freeze has now, Brian. I think it's exactly what he needed to do. He needed to get two um, very experienced guys to be the coordinators to run those sides of the ball so he could spend his time uh, recruiting and doing some things that Auburn needs a head coach to do if they want to compete at the highest level at SEC. And then he went out and he kept the two best coaches on Auburn staff and Carnell and Zach Etheridge, and he went out and got a bunch of other young guys or brought some with him. Uh, I like the overall look of the staff. I think they're going to hustle. I think they're going to get after it in recruiting. And I think they've got two coordinators that can really, with the right personnel, because this is still a game of Jimmy's and Joe's, right? Yeah. But once they get the personnel here, I think they can be very effective. The last, the last two hires since, well, we, we heard about Josh Aldridge at the, uh, at the signing day press conference, but he became official. Then Marcus Davis, the uh, yeah. former Auburn wide receiver back yeah. as receivers coach. I know I'm preaching to the choir here with, with you two, but it's like it's weird having guys that I covered now being coaches <laughs> that I cover. Yeah. Uh, I know you all have experienced that uh, for, for, for a little while, but I, it's weird. But, but like, yeah, Marcus Davis, you look at his two years as a, as a coach, as a position coach at Hawaii, um, took a guy who was a quarterback and made him an all-Mountain West wide receiver. Then at Georgia Southern last year, Georgia Southern goes from that, that pseudo-option offense they're running mm-hmm. and be like, they threw the ball more than pretty much any other team in the country last season. Had four really, really good receivers. I like the track record. I think he could be very similar to like a Zach Etheridge or a Cadillac Williams and say, you know Auburn, um, young, connect with, connect with the uh, players. And also, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he is from one of the most talent-rich areas in, in, in the country when it comes to recruiting. So that Marcus Davis hire, I thought, was a really, really fun hire. I like what B-Matt said earlier, though, about like the mix that you have in this initial staff. Some of your guys, some of Auburn's guys, some SEC guys, and then, yeah, the two coordinators that you go out and get, X's and O's wise, I think, uh, were kind of t- toward the top of the uh, of the food chain that you could have gotten. 
Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how they can implement those plans. But, yeah, aggressive offense, aggressive defense is going to be kind of the, the, the mindset. And I think early in the Hugh Freeze tenure, that's what they're going to have to be in order to yep. you know, win some games and turn some heads. One of the things that uh, another, another one of the young guys, Jake Thornton, I think, was was one of the younger coaches in the SEC until Marcus Davis was hired. Yeah. Because I think Jake's 29, Marcus 28. And uh, positive returns there with, with Jake Thornton uh, as we talked about uh, adding players on the offensive line. Well, just in the last, I don't know, is it 10 days, two weeks, he's added three potential starters on the offensive line. He went he's signed got, seven guys yep, on the offensive line. He got Azavian Miller, the junior college transfer. Yeah, who's listed as the number one JUCO offensive right. tackle in the country. Could be your starting right tackle. He went out and Could got... Could be uh, if, if he beats out the other two tackles that they've brought in from the transfer portal. Right, right. And uh, the last one from Western Kentucky, the Britain kid. Uh, Gunner Britain. Gunner Britain. Mm-hmm. You know, a left tackle. And then the left tackle they got... Um, Dylan Wade. Dylan Wade from... Uh, Tulsa. 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 Yeah. So... You know, right now he's addressed Auburn's biggest needs right away, and they're bringing in a bunch of more guys they're looking at and possibly going to get one or two guys. I know a center is another. Um, yeah, now their biggest needs are interior yep. guys because, I mean, there's Jeremiah Wright. I guess Cam Stutz is back. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they still they, they need more guys competing there inside, especially at center, but uh, they take another guard too. But we've talked for a decade about almost um, how poor Auburn's offensive line play or how inconsistent it's been right. and how, how that's been holding back so much of the offense and it's refreshing to see a staff come in and see that immediately and then take steps immediately to address it and uh i think that's a great sign for the staff getting it as far as uh talent acquisition player acquisition recruiting uh being aggressive about it and not just sitting back and waiting or hoping things turn out well and here's the thing about offensive line we were talking about it during the break like Auburn's got two of the top five offense tackles in the portal, and they came from Western Kentucky and Tulsa. Yep. People may look at it and say, ooh, Western Kentucky and Tulsa. Oh, I heard that today earlier. I heard somebody today going, oh, Auburn's never going to compete uh, bringing in a group of five players. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what they that, need to do in the portal, That's to be that's And that's yeah. what you need to do right I'd now. I'd rather do that than bringing in a backup right. that hasn't played right. at, a, at a big school. I mean, as to compete – but I'm I'm saying you absolutely bring in guys that have proven themselves at that level that want to prove themselves at the right. higher level. Right. Yeah, and, and just look at the NFL, how many guys that are elite offensive linemen in the NFL did not play at SEC schools. Did not offensive line is such a tough it's tough to evaluate, it's tough to develop. It's 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 a, in a class of its own. So yeah, you always get big dudes that fall through the cracks that don't start their careers out at the best spots. Yes. Long term, Auburn, you want to sign five stars and four stars for your offensive line, develop them, and turn them into monsters by the time they graduate. Sure, yes. but you got to win football games right now. And so, I mean, they signed this this offensive line class that they got uh, out of the high school ranks. Several blue chips in that group. Mm-hmm. A few years from now, you might be sitting there and saying, "Okay, those that was a big time pick." But right now, you need dudes who can play right now and just say, "Can you help us get to a bowl game next year? Can you help us get back to that level?" So. But, yeah, I mean, offensive line, you know, Auburn would love to have a Casey Dunn again. We were talking about that. Casey Dunn came from Jacksonville State. That's right. You know, you, you would love to get guys that are not necessarily the biggest names out there um, because the thing about the transfer portal is if you're a really good offensive lineman at a really good school, you ain't going anywhere. It's these guys trying to make a step up, or it's like these kids that were backups at these big programs. And I'm And I'm with you, Bill, especially if you're doing this right now. Get the dude who's played two or three years at the at the FBS level instead of the guy who was a good recruit, but has just kind of been sitting back a little bit. 
you know, you need you need dudes who can play right away, and they've gotten two of them right now, and you know, several more could be coming. And and you mentioned the high school; they signed four high school offensive linemen, right. two tackles. Yeah, which uh, is more than they've done in right. five, six years. I mean, Tyler Johnson, six seven, over three hundred pounds, looks like mm-hmm. a, a future starter. Connor Liu, the center, I think he's six two, six three. He just has he's, a, yeah, he's six three, two ninety or something. He, he just you watch him on tape, and you can see he's going to be a really good SEC mm-hmm. center. Uh, so I th- I think. They're addressing the need now, but they're also addressing all the problems they've had in the past recruiting high school tackles and high, fo- high school offensive linemen, too, all in one short. You yeah, know, this, this has been amazing. Out. This yeah. has been amazing over the last few weeks. It right. really has. Yep. It's, uh, uh, it, it's a real throwback. There's some people going, I've never seen this. It's like, well, you haven't been around long enough. But, I mean, <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, it's not, it's not something. Uh, I mean, it, it's something that Auburn fans haven't seen, but it's what. Um, is sort of expected at the upper level of the SEC because yeah. you'd better be on top of everybody and right there with offers as soon as as soon as anybody. If you're not first, you better be right there, uh, you know, immediately. And that's one thing that's been uh, very uh, encouraging to see. And they may take 15, 20 transfers in, in this sure. go-round possibly. But that's because they've got to. They've got that much space on the roster. Well, available. they, they, they want to compete help. now. Right. But it, but I think and, what's and the program fill the roster now? Yeah. Once it's working right, then what you want to do is sign a top class and supplement it with four to five. Oh, you whatever you yeah, need. Yeah, you'd, you'd love you'd love to only be needing you know two or three you know have two or three spots you're looking for right now, and then at the end of spring maybe oh well this didn't quite work out. We're looking for a player or right, two. Right. right now, Auburn's taking the best players they can get and uh, looking to build you know as 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 quality and deep a roster as they can. So, like I said, it, it's going to be interesting over the next few days seeing what happens. The commitment yesterday from Gunnar Brenton, I would think, uh, I think there are going to be some others any time over the next 72 hours. Yeah. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in here on the Friday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. 24 minutes after 5 o'clock here on the Friday edition of The Drive. While we don't have any calls, let me uh, let me give both you guys the the opportunity to uh, uh, to, to let everybody know what all's going on with with with, with your uh, uh, companies, I guess, if you will. I mean, publication, podcasts, uh, websites. Um, Justin, I mean, uh, you were just over in Athens, yeah, and then. Uh, We've got uh, basketball tomorrow, football, recruiting. Uh, we're we're getting ready for the start of school. What all? What all you got going at the uh, Auburn Observer? Yeah, a whole lot of basketball right now, obviously, uh, with the Observer. But we're also keeping track of everything uh, with the roster. We've got a roster tracker that, if you're a subscriber, you can keep up with. It's not the Bill Cameron depth chart, but we try to get as close <laughs> to it as possible. I just updated that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can check that out. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up at $6 a month, $60 a year. Everything we do, uh, whether it is a podcast or a newsletter, uh, goes straight to your email inbox pretty much every morning at 6 a.m. Central Time. So, a whole lot of basketball, a whole lot of football, a lot of X's and O's, numbers, 
uh, kind of analysis, all that kind of good stuff, you can find it at the Observer. Are yeah. you are you early riser now, Ferg? Six a.m. No, that's the uh, beauty. That's the beauty. Yeah, of that. yeah that's that the thing. I, you I, can I post it. Here's the funny thing: is like there are a lot of nights where it's like. I get done writing it, and it'll be like, it's like, scheduled to publish this in three hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be dead asleep when that happens. Yep. So, yeah, no, not an early See, riser. Uh, there are a lot, there are a lot, of, people, a lot of people that would have thought, oh, man, he's 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 up and just did that. Yeah, look at there, that. Have been a, there have only been a very few, like, a, this is, I'm into year three of doing this. There's only been a couple of times that I've actually ever been up when the story actually gets <laughs> well, posted. And, and, and be honest, had you probably just... Not been asleep, right? right was, exactly, okay, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a whole lot different being up at six o'clock when you've been up all night than being up at six. There's o'clock. been a couple. There's been a few yeah. times where, like, I've been in an airport looking down, like, oh yeah, it's story posted. Great, <laughs> that makes me feel great. But yeah, no. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm getting used to it. I've been doing this for a long, long time, and getting up and being in, you know, being in my office at around seven o'clock in the morning, and I, my body still doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking forward. It's not too far down the road when. I'm planning on not doing that. There you go. Uh, Brian, of course, uh, AuburnSports.com. You guys, I haven't had a chance to to, uh, to to catch the latest rundown. That's always one of my favorite things. But uh, so many different characters, but uh, so much info that uh, you, you guys have got people everywhere. Yeah, and we will be busy, I think, this weekend with basketball. And then there's a ton of kids in Auburn this weekend, uh, transfer targets and we're going to update most of those guys on sunday golly i mean it, it, it is it's a tremendous number i mean yeah. there were a bunch that were in just wednesday and then others that were in yesterday and more coming in today yeah. and uh you know like i was saying a while ago i mean there's some that are that are trying to make as many schools as they can over the five-day window that the ncaa allows so that they can decide where they want to be in school so i mean um, it has got to be a crazy time for the coaching staff. Yeah, right I wouldn't now. be surprised if Auburn adds four or five, half a dozen players here over the next several days, uh, leading up to the start of classes and everything. I just, I just feel like um, there's so many guys out there, so many new guys that have popped in the portal. Mm-hmm. So many of them are looking to get back enrolled in their college here in January. That this is just a really big time to keep up with uh, the portal and recruiting and town acquisition and stuff. So, uh, who, who's got what over the weekend? Who's got what duties? Over uh, the, I've over got the basketball, and I'm going to help out. Uh, you know, uh, Sunday with uh, recruiting transfer guys, and Caleb is basically spending his entire um, week at the athletic complex. Yeah, I keep. I just guys. talked to. I keep yeah. seeing. I just spoke with so and so. That's how yeah. it is right now for him. But he's working really hard over there, and then we'll all pitch in. I guess um, you know with whatever we need to do this weekend. Uh, it's great. Uh, well, well, and and tell tell everybody how they can. Oh yeah, of keep course. A, follow, follow you and keep uh, up with follow there, me there. on Twitter at bmatau, uh, and then of course I can go to auburnsports.com and subscribe and check out our message board with all the crazy people on there too. Join, join right uh, in. Yeah, that 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 is an experience. Yes, the, the bunker is an experience. All right, we're approaching our bottom of the hour break. Love to hear from you if you've got any questions. Uh, I, I will sit back and 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 let the guys. Uh, answer football, basketball. I mean, just uh, anything on your mind. Recruiting. Uh, we we'll talk more about Auburn, Arkansas. A big, big ball game. Spent a good bit of time in hour number one uh, on on Auburn basketball. We haven't really talked much here in hour number two. So we'll uh, spend a little more time talking about that here in the uh, final uh, thirty minutes. But uh, we'd love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. As we head into the final half hour here on the Friday.
Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes here on the Friday Drive. Bill, along with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And, uh, you know, BMAT's going to make it two days in a row, which is more than Dan can say for the, uh, for the year of 2023. Uh, Dan should be back on Monday. But, uh, yeah, we'll be here Monday and the championship game. Monday night. Everybody had TCU in there, of course. Now, everybody had Georgia. I mean, there's no question. And uh, it, it, took, it took a fourth-quarter comeback from Stetson Bennett and the, uh, the Bulldogs to, to get there. But they are prohibitive favorites in this ballgame. We're just talking a little bit during the break. It, it's, it's hard to, to see TCU winning, but they have won so many games this year that it looked like now, they're, they're either out because they fell behind or they were going to be out-talented. Yeah, they're, they're going to need what they got against Michigan, which is some big defensive plays, mm-hmm. like some pick sixes, big special teams thing like that. Because if you want to line up and play with them for you know 60 minutes, you're going to have a hard time just because of the talent differential uh, in this one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think TCU's got an offense. I mean, they have been able to dial up big play after big play. We've seen Georgia struggle with big plays, especially these last two games mm-hmm. they played. Uh, so, I, you know, I think the line's like 13 or 14. Yeah, 13 I would and expect, a half last I would time expect I saw. TCU to keep it close. But, you know, I, I just think Georgia's going to have just too much talent and too much depth, um, you know, for, for them to win it. But I'm expecting a, I'm. I mean, it's what TCU's done all year. Every pretty much every game they've played has been a really fun, exciting, close one, and I, I would expect this to be the same. Uh, you know, on Monday night. What uh, What's going to be very difficult is after those semifinal games. It's like okay, and now, yeah, you know, there's no way you're going to top those. No. Uh, so I mean, it's probably going to seem a little disappointing, but but yeah, it's it's been a uh, it's been a crazy season. Uh, it, it is a crazy off season. All right, have have you guys? I, we've talked a little bit about you know all the player movement, and there'll be more coach. There'll be a lot more coaching movement uh, coming up. I don't know exactly when. Pro, I mean, we we we've got um, what uh, I guess it's four weeks, three weeks from yesterday until the next signing period. But transfer guys can sign any time. Uh, it's just when they get in school. Um, now, now that we're really into it, like this with uh, with with the transfer portal and and with NIL really, uh, you know, r- really booming everywhere, what what are your thoughts, Justin and and Brian? I mean, I'd I'd love your guys' thoughts just on where we are now, and is it just going to stay like this from now on? I like the I like the transfer window. I like just saying like for roster management, knowing when guys are coming in. Knowing when you can recruit them, knowing when they can visit, and then like that's a good move. I like that better than just anybody can go in the transfer portal anytime. Yes. Um you know, in the case of NIL, like yeah, I think in the I think in a perfect world for me, NIL should be, you know, if you're gonna do it this way, NIL should be like, Hey, if you're getting paid by an outside business to for your name, image and likeness, like that makes sense instead of these collectives and like 
it's it's a it's a it's an indirect pay for play. Oh, it, it, it's, for it's obviously, and, and I, it's and not I, even that indirect, right? And that's my thing too. Is just like I've I've been a proponent of playing players. It's just this weird workaround thing. I just think it's just yeah. going to cause more problems than it is if you just go flat out and just give them you know pay the kids their money. But um, you know, I, I do like that there is more player movement. But I do like it that that you've also got into steps where it's say okay. You can manage your roster better. You know what's coming. You know what t- what times are, are going to be. You know when to hit uh, certain position groups. So I think that's a positive. I think those are mostly positive. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of like you know if you're Auburn or if you're anybody else, like you better be swinging at NIL because that's just going to be the law of the land moving forward. Brian, my, one of my thoughts is uh, just just imagining it from the coaching staff's perspective. Now with that that early signing period, which is really the signing period, yes. most of the players sign. You've got that on top of transfer portal starting before going through and going toward the end. Um, I just wonder if there if there might not be some way to sort of separate those a little bit and not have everything going on sort of at the same time. I've always been in favor of having the early signing period in July after you go through all these June official visits. Do it in July and get it out of the way before the season starts, and then have your late period. And, and that would be before uh, the high schoolers start practicing right. for some for you right. know for for their senior season, right? Because if you look at most schools, most of the bigger schools, they have eighteen, fifteen, twenty commitments already by June, or, or most of them get done by June. So mm-hmm. I see no reason that early signing period couldn't be in July. That would take more pressure off this whole situation, in my opinion. The other thing I think to watch is just what happens eventually. Um, you know, in Washington, is, is some law passed regarding? I think there has um, to be something to try to have a l- right. some control or some caps, some limits, or some way of monitoring um, things a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't expect there to just be um, completely transparent. Here's what everybody makes, kind of thing. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be stunned if there's some 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 talk about. You know, having having certain limits. I just uh, I, I do wonder about you know that right now there's just so so many different things going on. You you just about have to have a forty man staff. And and uh, Justin, one of the things I don't think we mentioned this on the air. You were talking about the NCAA making an approval of something that we've been expecting for a while, and that's allowing the off field yeah. uh, staff. To be able to officially coach leading up to the game, yeah. During practice, let them actually practice, and then not have to worry about oh, are they allowed to do this at this time or this to this time? Yeah, you can't. Well, first of all, you can't keep an eye on. You can't be watching every single team's practice to know who stepped on the field, who was working with the players. If you can afford to hire those guys, let them work with the players. I understand having limits on the sideline. Yeah, no, I, I I 100% agree with that. It's just, you know, it's it, it's the more the game gets professional. As you look at an NFL coaching staff, how many assistant quarterback, offensive line, mm-hmm. DB coaches, you know, it's especially like when I look at DBs, you know, in this, uh, Auburn's got 18 right now, 17 or 18 guys right now. They're splitting it between Zach Etheridge and and, and Chris McGriff, yeah. yeah, but like. You know, offensive line, you need a ton of guys to coach your offensive lineman, defensive lineman as well. So, you know, I think that's it's just good for the game. More coaching uh, just is just going to make for a better product, I think, 
Uh, and that's going to be a, a key thing. Don't want to interrupt, but you know we talked about Brennan Armstrong maybe a little yeah. bit earlier. He's going to probably commit to NC State. Like that's that's starting to get reported. Uh, that that's that, not that not is, a big surprise. Yeah. Right. Reuniting with his offensive coordinator mm-hmm. from Virginia uh, at NC State, and that's going to be interesting. So if Auburn does get a a quarterback here in the next few days, it's most likely going to be Spencer Sanders. It looks like there there have been rumblings that he could be visiting this sometime this weekend. Right. I don't know of anybody else. Uh, who, who's, you know, who, who has the credentials or the, you know, the the experience that mm-hmm. Aubrey could go after? Yeah, I, I think you might be running into a scenario now if it's not Sanders, where you go that through it, that spring. It could be post spring. You go through the spring, see how you feel about it then, and then go and then attack. You know, once maybe T.J. Finley makes a decision if he decides to leave, or you know, or, or, however you feel about Robbie Ashford by the end of by the end of camp. I think I would expect Robbie Ashford to be a better passer under this coaching staff, Agreed. especially when he's healthier. But is it going to be enough for what they want to run this offense? And you got to learn that in the spring, right. uh, and so that's going to what make things make things interesting. But like you said in the first hour, Bill. You know, if they wanted Spencer Sanders, they could have gotten him a, a, a while back, and instead they had other guys that they targeted ahead of them. So that, it, that's what makes his whole situation very. What is what? What are you hearing? I mean, let's get let's get back to the to the beginning of this. Then, um, what are you hearing about the possibility? Then, if, if you're waiting post spring, do you do you wait and see if Grayson McCall can graduate? I guess that's what that's the other thing you got to keep an eye on. I have not heard anything about that specifically. I no, know, but I just know thought. Auburn wanted him. I know Florida wanted him. Mm-hmm. I know there was talk about him potentially going to Liberty. None of those worked out. So yeah, I mean that's I think his only option is to be a graduate transfer. Right. I just don't know how many credits he needs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that either. That but. is a I, I knew that was a the credits and all that and the transfer was just as kind of a shaky situation everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know that was. That was like it, it was one of those things that, like, when he canceled his visit here, and then it came out that, like, hey, there's some academic stuff they've got to work through. And then when it was like, well, he's going to visit Florida, I'm like, I started thinking, like, okay, well, if he can't get in at Auburn, or like, there's something there, what is going on with Florida? So you have to start working out, but with majors, and yeah, stuff that's like that, that, credit it's, hours. That's, it's the degree and yeah. and and progress, and that the APR is progress toward a degree, and it would have to be toward a degree, obviously. That that school offers, yeah, and, and if so, it's yeah, and apparently apparently whatever it was wasn't enough for Florida mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, it'll be very it'll be be very interesting to see what they do moving forward at that at that spot. But uh, keep an eye on it for sure. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Happy New Year to y'all. Yeah, happy New Year to you. Hey, I've got a uh, question just for uh, you and your guest. Uh, as far as NIL goes, in your opinion, as it currently stands, how 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 is it going to be sustained? Because I've, I'm, I don't like it at all. I got a letter. I'm sure, like y'all did, I got a letter that said it was going to one of eight thousand three hundred thirteen. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe is what yeah. the number was. I'm, I'm really good yeah. at numbers. I got yeah, I got that letter too. The one I got said eight thousand. But oh, I got one. Yeah, mine was more specific. One said it was. I was one of eight thousand three hundred thirteen. Wow. So if we all gave a thousand dollars, it'd be eight million three hundred thirteen thousand yeah, dollars. Okay, well maybe it did. I just remember seeing uh, <laughs> that. But if they're waiting on me to give some <laughs> Jack Leg a thousand dollars to stick in his pocket, when I and others spent years and decades paying off their student loans that they're getting for free, and getting to you know play football as a I just don't, that ain't me. I don't see how that's survivable or sustainable. And I don't see how the boosters will continue to do it. 
if they're you know if, if you're expecting the boosters pro- to provide uh, facilities and that kind of stuff and pay coaches salaries, they're not going to continue to do that and pay uh, the salaries for the players. I just don't see that happening long term. Yeah, it's it's the thing is with you know nil and stuff when they get when you make donations and you and and you raise the money and, and stuff like that it's like you know those who are engaged like fans average fans who want to be a part of it and want to be but can't be big money boosters i think that's kind of the appeal you know i i, I know auburn and other places would love for everybody to give give something but yeah it's just this the 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 bulk of nil and the bulk of what's going on is going to be the big money people. Right, it it's, it's, it's not is. coming just from the general public yeah. and for the folks that are giving a hundred, a thousand, whatever. And, um, and it's, you know, it's it's not going away either. This is this so, is. So this I'm the is, only one that's got heartburn about just giving. No, money no, you're not. No, no, anymore. you're not at all. No, I mean there are a lot of folks that can't afford. Uh, you know, just a thousand dollars is not just nothing. Oh, you know, to a lot of these people. have yeah. where you only give. You know. Less than a hundred or, or around a hundred dollars a month, so it's not all. And, and to me, and to me, like I said, it's like it's 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 more like people who want to feel like they're involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, I, mean, I know they get their lowest tier at thirty four dollars a month, but I'm not doing that either. I mean, I just it's the principle of the matter to me. Uh, and I can understand individual nil deals, like you got a guy come in on a podcast and you give him fifty, two hundred bucks, whatever. Sure. To, right. You know, yeah, yeah. Speak. That's one thing, but just to just to give a dude money just to show up to your school. And say here, like I said, when I've spent decades paying back student loans, just like everybody else that went to college, I just, and I know, you know, not everybody's going to go on and be an NFL player, but I still think they're way undervaluing the, uh, what a college degree is worth. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, those guys help generate so much money for the school and so much for the program. But, yeah, it's like not everybody's going to be an NFL player. Not everybody's going to be able to take advantage of it right now. And so, yeah, you're not the only one. Uh, there's a lot of people who share that same opinion with you. Um, it's just I think that's like the bulk of NIL is going to be from a lot of people who have that kind of money and are big money you know, spenders. They will appeal to everyone, they will run the commercials mm-hmm. during the they'll games. Take every, yeah, they'll take, they'll take everything, everything they, get. they get. But but where where this is really being made is the people who are already given a lot of money, or the class of people that are already given a lot of money to Auburn athletics and whatever other college athletics program you've got. And we just got to remember also that college football is now a multi billion dollar business. It's only getting bigger. This twelve team playoff is going to bring even more money into this business. And that money is going to be distributed more so now than it was before to these players. Mm-hmm. Um, the, much, idea of, I mean, how, how, the idea how, of amateurism. How long, how long before you uh, completely divorce academics from uh, college football? They're just like Grayson McCall. He, can't, he couldn't transfer in because his academics didn't match. Are we going to continue to have academics uh, a part of football? I'm sure it'll have to be because yeah, these yeah. players are going to have to. As long as it's connected right. to, the, to the collegiate system, it's going to have to be. But but the idea of amateurism, I think, is a dying word. Oh, yeah. or just It just doesn't really exist anymore. So that's just something I think people, some people take longer to adjust to that, which is understandable. We've, yeah, yeah, I understand. We've done this for decades and, and millennia now. This college football has been such a great sport. And, and we love so much of the pageantry, the history, um, you know, everything around college football. It's so much better than NFL. But this is the way it's going now, and there is absolutely no stopping it. No, you're right, and 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 uh, I understand. I understand your concerns. I mean, there 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 are a lot of longtime fans who are wondering, uh, you know, how much longer they're going to be able to to really be a part of it, except for watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Well, I appreciate y'all's time. Like I said, I guess I'm just old enough to be a a, a grumpy old man. Now, so. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm right there appreciate with you. Y'all. Appreciate, appreciate the call. That that opinion, his opinions no. are shared by a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want you to feel like you're you're right. you're alone there, but, or even or even if you're wrong in your opinions elsewhere. Because like, yeah, there's a lot of the money that is influencing college football that has been so negative uh, in the past. My take has always been. It's going to the players. It's going to the guys that are actually putting the product out. Right. That's always going to have negative side effects when things new come into it. But yeah, for on the whole, I'm a fan of it. But there's all there's definitely going to be stuff that that rolls. But this is like you said, Riley. Amateurism is done. Yeah. This 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 is this is a semi pro sport. And, and I would argue it always has been. Let's also remember that this is not the first year or the second year or the first decade these players are getting paid. Okay. Yeah. It's no, just happening it's above just, the table. It, it, it can be talked about now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's not let's not get public. Yeah, yeah. All right, we need to get to our final break. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Friday Drive. You're live on the Drive, the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Final couple of minutes of the Friday Drive and, and, uh, uh, Justin, was it was it you or Brian during a break a couple of a uh, couple of breaks ago mentioning there's some uh, some changes in the athletic department? I think it was BMAT, Yeah, yeah. And um, let's see if I can find that real quick if I can remember. Looks like uh, well, I mean, you, you mentioned a name that's being brought in that I went. I, I know that name, uh, but but yeah, it looks like John yeah, Cohen uh, Rhett, shaking up the, uh, the the staff a little bit. Yeah, Red Hobart from Mississippi State is now going to be Auburn's um, deputy AD. So uh, he tweeted that out just a few Ooh, that hours was, ago. Uh, Marcy Gurton, I believe. He was. Right, yeah. He served as the executive senior associate athletic director for external affairs at uh, Mississippi State, and before that, he was fan experience and brand development at Wake Forest. Okay, those are his, those are his previous stops. Um, so, a, a uh, athletic department, a new athletic department uh, staffer that pretty high up and has worked uh, real closely with John Cohen in the past. Uh, coming, that makes coming sense. Auburn. Understandable. Hey, it's going to be a, uh, uh, a very fun weekend, a lot going on. I know both you guys will, will have an awful lot to do with, with basketball and then uh, recruiting as, as we uh, try to uh, see. I'm sure we'll see more additions before the start of classes next week on Wednesday. Uh, before we run out of time, Justin, once again, let everybody know about the Observer. Yeah, uh, AuburnObserver.com. Sign up at $6 a month or $60 a year to get subscription. So all of our uh, X's and O's, stats, recruiting, uh, you know, roster management coverage uh, of Auburn football and men's basketball, you can find it there, and we email everything out to you. So sign up there at the Observer and follow me on Twitter at JFergusonAU uh, because I forgot to plug my Twitter last time and be Matt showed me up on that. Uh, Will Friend is uh, Mississippi going to Mississippi State. State. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how about that? Getting the old gang back together. Uh, that's right. Uh, well, Justin, have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks. And uh, Brian, uh, uh, yeah, you, you'll be busy and uh, hopefully back here in the studio with, uh, with with Dan and me on Monday. There's going to be a lot to talk about Monday because I'm expecting a whole bunch of new Auburn players uh, committing here over the weekend. So it should be an exciting time. Yep. Uh, and and you, you, can, you can let everybody know one more time how they can. Uh, AuburnSports.com. Follow me on Twitter, BMATAU. Uh, Caleb just put a story up about an Oklahoma State wide receiver transfer that visited Auburn, has Auburn among his top schools now. So 
Yeah, Auburn's going to get uh, Marcus Davis going to get another receiver. I, I yep. believe a Cincinnati receiver who played for him at Hawaii, a six six guy, yep. also in town. So, uh, so yeah, there, there's going to be some news. It'll be fun show on Monday, but a great, uh, great big thank you to both Justin and Brian for being in here on Friday. Made it uh, very easy today. I hope you enjoyed it. But we're out of time.